guys, Princess here, and welcome to another episode of My Pumpkin. Um, it's been a while since I did a new main feed episode. Uh, last week, um, I was off because it was my birthday. Although it didn't feel like I, I really had off because I did a, um, if you're a Patreon member, you know, I did a Princess Diaries episode on the Patreon feed and I've already done, um, a bonus episode on the Patreon feed this week. Uh, I did Heidi, I did the documentary Heidi Fleiss, the would-be Madam of Crystal. And so I talk about Heidi Fleiss. I talk about this very weird little documentary that was done by the World of Wonder Guys. And if you listen to those things, you remember that my voice was a little off because, you know, one of my kids got sick. So that means it's gone throughout the entire fucking house. And when I'm coughing, I always lose my voice. But it's actually feeling a lot better now. Um, It doesn't hurt. It doesn't feel bad. But if this voice that you're listening to, this sultry Demi Moore voice that you're listening to right now is not for you, I understand. You want to skip this. You'll want to skip this episode because this is what my voice is going to sound like the rest of the time. Um, Not a lot's going on around here. My husband's birthday was last Wednesday. Um, I, uh, bought him a ticket to New York to see his family. So he left on Thursday. He really needed it. My husband's weird with his family. He doesn't want to live near them, but he needs to see them for three or four days every year or so to remember why he doesn't want to live there. And he hasn't been for a couple of years because of the pandemic and just buying the ticket, like ease some tension out of his shoulders. Um, I'm obviously worried. (laughs) Because as much as my East Coast relatives will continually harass me about the state of COVID in Texas, those bitches have been riding up and down the fucking Eastern seaboard and most of them have got COVID at some point. When I'm just got diagnosed fucking the day before my husband left. Um, but she's in Virginia, not New York. And um, the only reason I feel somewhat okay about it is because He's staying at one of his sister's estate in Connecticut. I don't, they call it an estate. I, it's a very large house and large property. Um, and so I'm not like trying to be bougie. That's what they said it is. And she will not allow anyone there without a negative COVID test. So everyone had to go get COVID tested. They're all negative. And that's where he is. Um, I'm ready for him to come home. I miss him. Uh, my, <laughs> you know, sometimes I talk about the team mom people and I'll be like, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter if bar is in jail or not. Not really. Right. Cause whatever Ashley's got to do, she's going to do on her own. Anyway, bar doesn't contribute that much, but my husband actually contributes to the house. Like he, him being here is a big deal and I'm ready for him to come home. I think he's actually going to delay his flight for some dumbass reason, but he should be home by the time Sunday. He should be home by Sunday evening, hopefully. And that's good. We all miss him terribly. When I took him to the airport, my five-year-old monkey said, Oh, now we don't have no daddy no more. <laughs> Dramatic. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all that's going on right now. I am exhausted. And so let's talk about mob wives so I can go to fuck the bed. Uh, usually I try to do my, I try to record the main feed episode on Friday during the day. The reason I like to do that is because it gives me a chance to listen to it before I have to publish it. And sometimes I need to cut some shit out because I don't have no business saying it. (laughs) And, um, Friday during the day, I'm not exhausted and shit, but I was trying to give my voice some time to kind of like heal. And, um, that's why I waited till Saturday night and I'm, fucking so fucking tired guys if I had not skipped last week for because of my birthday you would not be getting a new episode this week by the way though last week in the main feed I gave you an episode of intervention that I recorded for the patreon uh gals (laughs) uh so some of you were just hearing that for the first time if you like that content go over to patreon.com backsplash by backsplash backslash by pumpkin for I have tons of bonus episodes over there on intervention 
the Heidi Fleiss shit. I have um, Meet the Barkers over there. I have all kinds of shit over there. Go listen. Seriously, go listen. And I have some commissions coming up in the next couple of weeks, so I'll have some cool one-off episodes that you guys might want to listen to. Go listen. All right. So this episode is called Tricks or Treats. It's season two, episode eight. Uh, Carla and Drew are taking her kids to pick out pumpkins. By the way, Giselle and Aliyah are wearing matching fluffy leopard jackets. Very Judici. Very. <laughs> very much season one and season two, Teresa. Where she's got all these little girls and they're all wearing like fucking animal print. And she's making them take pictures and say stuff like, Superstar! Fabulous! <laughs> Uh, it, I saw a tweet, and I don't remember, if I knew, if I remembered who said it, I would give them credit. They said something like, it's very interesting that the Judici kids, girls, are all so pretty, considering their, their uh, parents are just average looking. I agree that the kids are all very pretty kids. They're all good looking kids. I would also say that the kids benefit from... Instagram era makeup and body modifications that Teresa did not. Teresa looks is looking better. That's one of the reasons Teresa is looking better than she does when you, they do those flashbacks when she's fucking 21 years old. And that has a lot to do with why her kids are so good looking. It's also the fact that we're looking at them through filters and with, with makeup techniques and things like that. All right, so Dorita's going to have a Halloween party. She says that she and Lee... Would always have parties, even though Lee never dressed up. Why do you keep having parties? <laughs> and Carla's excited to go because she knows there won't be any drama. Because to her, unlike a question of whether I'm going to go to Carla's, I mean, Karen's party. If I'm going to Drita's party. I'm friends with everyone there. I'm friends with Drita. I know there's no beef with any. Drita wouldn't have anybody there that's, that's got beef with me. I know I can have a good time. It doesn't matter where I'm going to sit or who I'm going to talk to. I'm going to have a good time. Um, we, then we, see, we then see Ramona meeting up with her good friend Lena, who she hasn't seen in many years. They used to work together at Ramona's, ex tele, Ramona's ex-husband's telecommunication company. So Ramona worked at this company, so did Lena. Ramona started dating the boss and ended up getting married to him. And again, Ramona is telling us that her husband promised her that he wouldn't do business with organized crime. And then he did. And that's what ended their marriage. I'm not sure that's true. From what I have read, it seems like he has always had those connections. And and it seems like he was going through some lawsuits or some criminal things that made him that basically made him broke. And that's why she left. It's very easy to suddenly get morals once the money's gone. And I'm not saying that in a way to like like really go down on Ramona. I mean, the truth is that when you were living the high life in Dubai and you had all your maids and you're going to all these clubs and traveling the world, I don't know. It, se it seems like you didn't care too much about how you got it. And also, it's hard to believe Ramona because Ramona got out of that relationship, came back to Staten Island, and got into a relationship with a drug runner for the fucking Gambino family. So... For me to believe, is it the Gambino or is it the Gotti? I don't remember. It's not the Gotti. I don't remember. But um, it's hard for me to be like, oh, oh, Ramona was really trying to get away from this type of lifestyle, these type of people, when it doesn't seem to be true. Um, she tells us her father had always been against her marriage because her husband was an Arab. She keeps saying Arab. I wonder... Like, what is his culture? Um, he was an Arab, and her mother and his fa her father always told her she had to marry an FBI. And, you know, she was like, you know, I thought we didn't like the FBI. And he's like full-blooded Italian. <sighs> corny shit like that. Guys, I'm a very corny person, but it's corny shit like that. It really hurts me. <laughs> but um, her father disowned her when she married her ex. Um, she says sometimes in his life, you can't run from your destiny. 
I don't know if it's destiny, Ramona. I really think that we need to, un- like, Ramona needs to be able to look inside herself. And there is a reason she's attracted to these to these types of men, these big shot men that, you know, spread money around and get a lot of respect. And there's a reason. And part of it is that it's culturally where you're from, your family, the fact that your family is connected and that, you know, this, this is what you saw growing up, regardless if you knew it was exactly what it was. And it's been imprinted in you in a certain way. It's very much like people who have um, contentious relationship with their father and they keep meeting the same type of dude and keep going out and dating and marrying and sleeping with and whatever, trying to reenact this shit with the same fucking type of dude. No matter what happens, they can be in a room full of type full of one type of dude but they'll find that one that exactly that one guy that reminds them of this unfinished relationship with their with their father it is not really it's not destiny it is pathology it is <laughs> trauma it is you trying to work out shit that happened to you subconsciously over and over and over again we all fucking do it i could sit here and name two and three situations that I see myself doing over and over and over. And I know I see it coming, but I'm, I'm trying to recreate situations from my past and fix them, even though I know they can't be fixed. But you know, if you're a certain type of person, you think that's destiny and not necessarily, you know, your shit. So Carla and Karen meet up at the golf course which is an interesting place for them to meet up. This is not a place I would expect to see Karen. Maybe Carla. Carla's dressed in a, in athleisure. And I don't know. I just never seen two people play golf and not in golf clothes. It feels like most golf courses are on country clubs and country clubs have dress codes. I don't know. Maybe this is a public golf course they're on. I'm not sure. Like, like Karen's dressed... I swear to God, Karen was in like a jean skirt. As what are we doing here? They're supposed to be Renee, then Renee turns out to be a no show. Um, but it turns out Karen and Carla are getting along pretty well. They can be alone together. Karen even apologizes again for that dinner where Karen seemed to be coked out, um, where she continually threatened Carla and was like, "Let's fight," and then was like, "But I like you." <laughs> You have a funny way of showing it, Karen. Um, they talk about Halloween. Carla's going to be Cher, but Cher from the Turn Back Time video. I Nope, nope. That's not the Cher I want, Carla. Cher, I want to see you. I want to see you as Cher when she was incredibly young, never covered her stomach to save her fucking life. Long, 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 straight, like, straight pin straight fucking hair the big eyelashes i want to see that share that's what i think you look like but okay fine she's gonna she's gonna you know the song if i could turn back time that shit used to be on vh1 every day in the 90s (laughs) you know back when vh1 used to play videos and um uh what i know from pop-up video is that the director like, Cher has these, like, tattoos, these flowers tattooed on her ass. This sh- <laughs> and in the video, she's wearing, like, a bodysuit type thing with, like, uh, fishnet stockings. And the director thought she was wearing, like, patterned panties or something. <laughs> he did not think that was her ass. <laughs> and she's on this uh, naval ship, um... And she's doing all this dancing and singing for all these sailors. That's what she wants to be. That's what um, Carla wants to be. I feel like you went the wrong way, Carla, but okay. So, Carla, Drita, and Ramona. Well, mm, Drita and Ramona, they're the ones having parties. And they're having dueling parties at the same time. I am unsure why everyone is so shocked that they are both... That they're having dueling Halloween parties. It's not like a birthday party where where you both just seem to be having the birthday party on the same day. It's Halloween. That's the day you have the party. (laughs) 
And if Halloween's on like a Sunday, you'd have to party on like a Saturday night or a Friday night. So it, 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 I don't know. Every time they talk about it, it seems like they are, they're like, well, 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 we're having a party on the same night. I don't know. It's a party tied to a date. So it's, it seems like it's very clear that you guys could possibly have this party on the same day or night. Um, Karen, so because they're having parties on the same night, Karen invites Carla to Ramona's party, but Carla says that, you know, Drita is her girl and she will be at her party instead. Now, later, Karen says something about how Carla might go to Ramona's party after Drita's, but that's not what I heard Carla say. Maybe I missed something, but I was like, mm. she pretty much says I'm going to be at Drita's party. So let's go to Renee's. At Renee's, Junior and her are not having a better time of it since counseling. Um, and of course not. We're not going to fix 18 years of mess in one or two counseling sessions. It's, it's not going to happen. And also, it felt like that was their first like counseling session, therapy session. And in my experience, the first time I see a therapist... It's just me like word vomiting shit. Just being like, this is everything. <laughs> and, you know, that first session is a lot of like, okay, I see what we have going on here. And it seemed like that's what Renee and Junior were doing too. By the way, I just feel like Renee and Junior are probably so uncomfortable to be around. Really uncomfortable to be around all the time. Um, I feel like they're the type of, like if you went on a double date with them and like they get to the table and you're like, hey guys. And Renee's like, hey girl, we just had a big fight in the car. Let's not talk about it. Are you okay, Junior? Are you still mad? Oh, because you, you only want to fuck me doggy style so you want to look at my fat body. Does anybody have any bread? <laughs> like it really feels like they make people really uncomfortable. I feel like I would be uncomfortable around them. And I'm just imagining being a therapist and these two show up and they just like word vomit all over you. And you're like, okay, you guys have been doing this for 18 years. Let me catch up, please. According to Junior, they just need time. Like time is going to heal things. And he really felt like, I don't know. Junior is mad because Renee brought up something. And Renee is like, oh, so you're mad because I said that. And he's, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you talking about the fact that he'll he'll now look you in the face because you're thin while you guys are having sex? Is that what you're talking about? Renee says it was so stupid and she said it on purpose to make him mad. Okay, so here's the thing. Junior, if you're mad that Renee said that to the therapist, you should really be mad at yourself for saying the thing that she could then repeat to the therapist. It is not, like you're there to talk to the therapist anyway about the stuff it doesn't do people any good to like pretend to not say stuff although my understanding is that people do that all the time i could i wouldn't fucking do it because you're i'm not gonna pay my money to come here and talk to you and tell you a fucking lie no you let me tell you everything but renee jr if you're embarrassed you should be embarrassed you said it not that renee repeated it and renee are you telling me that you said that to make him mad on purpose what kind of fucking games are we playing here at no point i'm not saying i've never done this okay but i am saying i've never been acting in a healthy way when i was trying to get people mad on per a partner mad on purpose and also i don't fucking believe renee i think renee brought that up because she wanted to talk she brought him to the therapist so the therapist could could slap him on the hand and go, bad junior, bad junior, take better care of Renee. She brought that up because it was hurting her. She did not go, here, I'm about to make him mad. Unless they're talking about something completely different and we're just not privy to it because of the way it's being edited. So Junior says that when he gets turned off of things, he can't change his mind. Basically, he's like, if I start feeling about you a certain way, then that's it. Um... Renee apologizes, but Junior says an apology doesn't change how he feels. Renee keeps like pressing him and pressing him and pressing him and pressing him to accept this apology. You know, you're not going to accept my apology. You're not going to accept my apology. And Junior says it will take some time to process and she needs to step back. And Renee just keeps yelling at him. I said I was fucking sorry. I said I was fucking sorry. You cannot. 
not that I think that Renee needs to be apologizing to Junior. I really don't. I really don't. I feel like this is just a pattern of what they do. And now Junior's upset. And so Renee is trying to apologize. Because Renee doesn't want to see him upset. Does that make sense, guys? That, like, she wants everything to be fine between the two of them. So she wants to apologize and hurry up and make it fine. As opposed to... As opposed to, like, sitting in it, you know? So I don't even think she needs to apologize to him. Um, but I'll tell you this. You can't tell somebody how to be upset. You can't tell them how to be upset, how long to be upset with you, when to take your apology. And and the truth is that just being like, I'm sorry, does not take everything away. It just doesn't. He does need to get to the point where he's feeling, where he's less upset. You do need to give him some space. Um, but Renee's not willing to do any of that. Renee is like, I don't know. Renee seems like one of those people that if you try, if you guys are having like a fight, like in a relationship, you're in a, or even, even AJ. Remember when AJ had his emotional twist and busted up the fucking house? Um, Renee seems like the type of person that chases you, right? So you're upset. We're in an argument. It's escalating. Um, lots of people to de-escalate will leave. Although it's not always, you know, it, Leaving without saying anything sometimes does not de-escalate the way you think it's going to. But Renee seems like the type of person, if you try to leave the argument she's having with you, will chase you down for the argument. And it's not done until she says it's done. Um, and that's really, again, I see some of myself in that. And that's really like a bad place to be. You cannot force people to argue with you. You will only make things worse. It will only escalate things. And as we escalate, there is no way to go but but bad. There's no way to go. Um, you know, also Renee is slurring. I don't know. She could be slurring because she's drunk. I don't think that she's drunk. I think Renee is on prescription pills of some sort. She's probably mixing things. She has no business mixing. Maybe she's overindulging. She does tell us that she, later when she talks about, you know, having drug abuse issues, she pinpoints it from this from this surgery that she had on this season. I don't know how true that is, but she's fucking slurring in this. Um, Junior ends up leaving because he says he doesn't want her cursing in his face. So then we switch to Ramona and Karen, who go to a Halloween store to get supplies for the party. Ramona's getting a hot devil costume. Karen... They're, they're looking for, that's it. They're looking for a hot devil costume. And Karen tells Ramona that Drita is also having a party. And she tells her that Carla has to go to Drita's, but that she might go over to Ramona's. And again, I don't remember Carla saying that. I don't know if Karen made that up or if Karen inferred that. Was it something that happened off camera? But that's not what I watched happen. Ramona's part says that Drita's party will be empty, boring, and on Staten Island. And that's all she needs to say. Um... That was a good dig. It felt like a good dig. But aren't you on Staten Island, Ramona? Are you saying that you live on Staten Island, but you are going to have your party in Manhattan? Is that what you're saying? I don't I, I was like, okay, why are we distant Staten Island? You're all from there. You all live there. What are you, why are you doing that? So after that little interval, we get back to Junior and Renee. And Renee is now saying that marriage counseling probably isn't good for them because they are dredging up what they hate about each other this is very typical for people starting therapy or the people around them like you know their family and friends is that a lot of times people start therapy they get very much like ah I've got all the answers now and a lot of stuff gets dredged up and the people around them blame the therapy, not the fact that these things happen, not the fact that apparently there is some unfinished business and we need to dredge these things up to figure out what to do next. Um, it is very common for like somebody's spouse to like blame the therapist for the problems they're having because they're like, we weren't talking about this. We weren't having these issues before they started going to therapy. And you blame the wrong fucking person. 
The fact is you guys had all these problems. These problems are alive. Renee, all these problems are still alive in Renee's head. She thinks about them all the time. It's why she doesn't trust you. It's why she's stealing your phone. It's why she's incredibly insecure about what you think about her and everything. It's why even though you're mostly at home right now, Renee is still distrustful of you. These past things need to be addressed. But like I said, Renee doesn't believe that anymore, even though she's the one that really wants them to address. And Junior is saying they shouldn't talk about the past too much. They should really focus about what what's going to happen from now on. And I don't understand how you can do that without talking about the past because the past is the reason you want to do it a certain way from now on. Listen, they end up making up and Renee says that they are in love and always have been. And sorry, girls, which I think is to all the women who want to fuck Junior and his scar. I I bet Junior can be very charismatic, especially when he's throwing money around. And, you know, if you like a certain type of guy, I bet Junior can be that type of guy for you. Um, I just didn't like the sorry girls, we're in love and always have been because Renee, I don't know, Renee just always act like everybody want her man and that they just be coming for her trying to get her man and try to do shit to her. And like, I'm like, nobody's forcing themselves on Junior. Junior is and has been street dick. That's what he is. We all been there. We've all dated. I've certainly dated somebody. I dated someone for seven years who was basically street dick. Okay. And he was my high school boyfriend. We were on and off for seven years. Um, I was like 14 when I met him. It was just drama, 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 drama. Um, in high school, he got one of my friends pregnant. When I left high school, he left high school. And just started hanging around college with me. When I left that college and went to college at LSU, he went moved to Baton Rouge. And he was just like, basically he was always cheating on me. Always, always, always. And I can't even set myself up to be like all these women just wanted him. Listen, he had a big dick and he was charismatic. Sure, sure, sure. He was, but he was the problem. Not people being like, just trying to get him. He was the problem. And like I said, we've all been digmatized by somebody. We've all, all of us have had the opportunity to run around with street dick. But I think there is a certain person that does that and blames the women and not the person that is literally swinging his dick up and down the street all day and all fucking night. It's really, it's Junior's thing and he didn't want to be with you. That's what it was. And for whatever reason, whether it's because you guys fought all the time, whether he was super young, y'all sounded super young when y'all got married, you know, then you had a fucking kid and he didn't want to be with you. And even if he loved you, he, he wanted to fuck other people. That's what it was. It's not the girls. They're not chasing him down, trying to get him. And if he did not want to cheat on you, it does not matter who, like in today's day and age, like... I was talking about this when I was on Kara's podcast when we were talking about the Real Housewives of Potomac because being on a reality TV show raises your profile even like a VH1 reality TV show like Mob Wives and people suddenly, like there are unwell people all over this world who will absolutely send a nude picture to a rusty looking motherfucker um, who's married to somebody on Married to Medicine. Yes, they will. Yes, they fucking will. They will do any, people are, people are shameless. That said, it doesn't matter. They can send their whole birth canal in the DMs. If he is not looking for it, then he's not going to take it. And it does not matter how shameless people are and how, how forward and inappropriate people are. He has to take the bait. And if he want, and he only takes the bait if he wants to. That's it. I don't care how many strippers Junior know, how many ex-girlfriends call his phone. If he wants to call them back, he will. And that's the only thing that's in your way, Renee. I don't know. It just, just, sorry, girls. We're in love. Okay. All right. My condolences. <laughs> um, Big Ange and Carla are going to pick out wigs for the Halloween party. And Drita makes them there. 
Trudy says she's not surprised that Ramona's having a party on the same night. Me either. It is a Halloween party. Okay. She also says it's weird that Carla, it is weird that Carla's hanging out with Karen and Ramona, but she's going to keep her separate from her life because she doesn't want that to affect her. I don't know how you're going to do that, Dorita. You are actual mortal enemies with Karen. You guys are in a huge fucking fight. You have fought publicly two times, once on a balcony, once on a roof. You guys are in a real fight. And if Carla's your best friend and she's just hanging out with him, I don't know how you do this. I really don't. But I commend you for fucking trying. Um, they do some wig try-ons. Big Ange puts on a Drita wig and borrows her hat to go with it. It was very... <laughs> uh, I don't know. It entertained me a lot. Drita tried to do a Big Ange, but the humongous tits were hard to create, recreate, even though, you know, Drita does have huge tits, but she don't have Big Ange tits. I wonder what size tits Big Ange has. Those are fucking huge. Her back must fucking hurt. Um, they also talk about whether Carla's going to bring Joe to the, to Dorita's party. And the thing is, Joe is on parole, I believe, not probation. Um, my understanding is probation only happens when you don't do jail time. Like you get probation instead of jail time. Parole is when they're let you out of prison and it's, and then you're on like a probation like program for however long. And the truth is, like, I'd rather do the jail time because, well, not me. Let me take that back. I can, I'd rather get out of the jail because I already know that I, that I can stay away from the, the issues that will, that will cause me to, like, get rearrested on parole. But if you actually have done prison time and you get paroled, it is very easy to violate parole. You do also on parole, you don't, there's no innocent until proven guilty. Um, parole is, probation is like this too, is like, you can't get arrested. You can get arrested for a number of things and it don't stick. But just the fact that you've gotten arrested violates your fucking parole. So if you're just walking down the street and there's like a big fight and the cops come through and they arrest, they, they take everybody in, you have violated your parole, even if it's found that you had nothing to do with it. You, you're in the car with somebody, they get pulled over, everybody has to get out the car, there's something in the car that shouldn't be, like an open container, drugs, all kind. like, even you, and you have no knowledge of this, you may be arrested again, and now you have violent parole, and they can add more years to your parole, or they can send you back to fucking jail, like, anything can happen, um, so being on parole is very, very tricky. And what they're saying is that Joe can't be around other felons and Junior is a felon. So, and think about that. That's super hard when everybody you fucking know is a felon. It is incredibly hard. And you can't be around some of your fucking family members because everyone you know is in a certain lifestyle and is a felon. So that's what they're talking about. Like, you know, Joe can't go if Junior's going to be there. Later, we see Carla and Renee go have coffee, and Carla tells her that she that she got invited to Ramona's party. Why she say that? Okay, <laughs> because it turns out Renee has not been invited to Ramona's party. She says she's upset. She says the rules is the game. How the fuck did Carla get invited? Ramona hasn't been invited. Carla says she didn't know that Ramona has not talked to Karen about this party or she wouldn't have brought it up. And I believe Carla because who the fuck wants to do that? Renee, and she says specifically that Renee is Miss Drama. And she is, okay? Just this, her going off at this moment, I was like, oh, fuck. So Karen shows up and Renee immediately confronts her. And Karen says, well, you know you're invited. And Renee's like, I'm sure I'm invited, but why would Ramona call Carla first? And now Ramon, Renee is saying she doesn't care and she doesn't want to go anywhere. She'd rather sit on the couch with Junior. Okay, that's a lie. That's a lie. Renee really, because her sister's the executive producer and Renee really is the center of this show. She's the anchor of this show. I really don't think it's about that party. I think it's about the fact that she realizes they were going to be filming without her. And, or she thought they were going to be. And she's pissed off about that. 
Like, why are you this mad if you're like, I know I'm invited? Okay, well, if you know you're invited, why'd you just yell at Carla? Carla, all she said was that she got invited to the party. Stupid. And that's when Karen brings up something. Because what Renee says is she'd rather be sitting on the cast with Junior anyway. She doesn't want to go. And Karen says she's really about worried about Ramona when Junior goes away. Renee starts crying. She says that her father comes home and Junior goes away and vice versa. It's never her entire family together. Then she tells us that today the guy who drives her father around got picked up by the feds. And obviously her father is next. She feels like there's a bomb about to go off and she can't breathe. Renee's been going through a lot of stuff. You guys know that I think Renee, I think Renee's a lot and I wouldn't have nothing to fucking do with Renee. You know what Renee reminds me of? Reza from Charles of Sunset. Reza, I've been catching up um, today. I was laying in bed watching uh, Shaw's and, you know, um, every year Reza picks someone to ruin their life, right? (laughs) And um, last year it was Mercedes and um, Merce and, you know, it got really big to the fact that that her husband Tommy ran over the house with a bat. To fuck him up and he wasn't there so he fucked up his patio. And Reza called the police as I understand. Um, I'm sorry. It, the dude came over your house with a bat. He didn't come over there to talk to you about it. And I understand why Tommy wanted to do so. I want to do so too. Y'all see that uh, that video has been going around where it's like man f- bravely fights crackheads in yard with hoes. And what it starts off with is this woman comes over to ask why these people were laughing at her man. He'd been crying all night about it, which I found funny, but still. And I'm just like that. Like, you, <laughs> I please don't start no shit with Mr. Curtis because then I'm going to be in it and then it's going to be a fucking problem. So I understand what Tommy's like. I understand why Tommy wanted to go over there with a bat. But I'm going to tell you this. You roll up to somebody's house with a bat, I don't think you came there to talk. And if they call the fucking police on you and you have to do time because you went over there and destroyed a bunch of sh- went over there to, to uh, threaten people and, you, and then you destroyed a bunch of property, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Even though I'm on Tommy's side. I'm like, all right, well, that's what happens, Tommy. That You ran over there with that bat. You must have wanted to do something with it and now you're in trouble. But I'm still on Tommy's side in that. The problem with the Shaws is this, is that they're always at odds together and they try to get back together and then it's, then it's something, then it's a fight. It's just, it's very dysfunctional, very dysfunctional. Uh, and, but they're back together and, you know, seeing each other and stuff. And Mercedes wants to take Shams, which is her son that she had, that she almost died having, with, and it's Tommy's son as well, to be around Reza. And he said no. He basically said, y'all do this shit for the rest of y'all lives. Y'all y'all go on this merry ground with Reza and Mike and all these other motherfuckers where y'all meet for dinner and have a fight. And somebody tells somebody business and somebody ruins somebody's relationship and la 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 And Reza's crying and says, we're best friends. And then next week, he's going to be talking about how you robbed a bank and how you had 70 abortions and your uterus blew up. Yeah, y'all go get this fucking merry ground. That's y'all business. Y'all been doing this shit. They're in their 40s now. Like, Mike's 41, just like me. And they've known each other. They've all, One of the reasons I enjoy Shaz is because they actually have relationships with each other. They have known each other since high school. All of them have known each other. They're, they're friends of friends of friends of friends. They've been in parties. They've been hanging out with each other for fucking 30 years, some of them. And there's a lot of, like, history there. And it makes for compelling TV to watch people with this type of history. It's why the only good thing... Well... Not the only, but the best thing about Beverly Hills, Real House of the Beverly Hills, are the Richard sisters because there is connections there. There are there's history there. There's stuff that we can uncover there. It's it's not as fun when you guys don't even fucking know each other and they introduce you on the first filming day and then you guys get in an argument over cheese. It's not that's not fun. It's the background stuff that's that's compelling. But I'm with Tommy. I'm like, yeah, y'all keep doing that shit. I'm not going over there. I'm not doing this. I'm not having a conversation so that he can apologize. So that next year he can say something else. So then I can be mad at him. I'm not doing that. And my son's not going either. 
That's no, y'all. Mer, uh, Merce, you go, you go hang out with Reza all the fuck you want to. Don't bring him over my house and don't ask me to go. Um, and I feel the same way about Renee. Renee is a lot, and she's a lot of drama, and she's a lot of like, I love you. I want you to be blah blah. And the next year, it's your father's a rat, and like it really just like. I don't really like dealing with people like that where you do not know where you stand with them. It's why I'm scared of 50 Cent. He don't follow social norms. I don't know what the fuck he gonna do, man. And so, when it comes to Renee, I'd be Tommy to this shit. I'd be like, All right, y'all, y'all do whatever y'all want with Renee. I ain't going over there. <laughs> y'all hang out with Renee. Y'all call Renee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do whatever you fucking want. Don't bring Renee to my house. I, I'm not done. I'm done with it. I've done this to relatives. And there's no beef specifically. There's no like, we going to fight when I see you. There's not, it's not like that. It's more like, y'all, this is a merry-go-round. And I cannot do this anymore for my personal sanity. I cannot do this anymore. And the only way I can stay sane is for me to just say no thank you anymore. That's, that's what I want to do. That said, like basically all, I'm, all that to say, in my personal life, Renee cannot be in my personal life because I just couldn't deal with the back and forth, the changes, the merry-go-round of the bullshit. I couldn't do it. That said, I have a lot of empathy for Renee in this situation. Renee is definitely trying to fit a square peg through a round hole by trying to get back with Junior because she believes that if she can make that right, then everything in her life will be right. She has deep feelings for Junior. She wants to be, like, she, you know, she's got happy family in her in her mind because she's thinking about being with her son's father and coming full circle and how great that would be. And she's really focused on the idea that if her and Junior could make this work, then everything else would fall into place. I think we've all been guilty of that. Um, I've personally been trying to figure out some shit in my life. I talked a bit about it on Princess Diaries and how it is not uncommon for me to focus on one thing and be like, well, if I just do this, everything else will fall into place. But that's not how problems work. It really isn't. And what, but it is how I work and I'll focus on this one thing really intensely and push and push and push and push. And then when I get it, I'm like, whew, everything's gonna be fine. And then Morgan Freeman does a voiceover where he's like, everything was not fine. <laughs> so like, I get it. I get where you are. But so Renee is desperately trying to make that work. She is estranged from her father to the point where she cannot go over to his house. And I advise her not to either because old, old, old school men will embarrass your ass. Will embarrass the fuck out of you and leave you on a porch. That's how old and crotchety and mean they are. Um, she just... She's filming this. She had the health scare. Apparently, she's she's overdoing it with the pills and developing some addiction behaviors around them. Yeah, she's going through a fucking lot. And now, there's a Halloween party. And she's really focusing on Junior. But Junior's about to go away. There's a sentence hold hanging over his head. And, and then there's more stuff that's happening she doesn't even see coming. If Morgan Freeman was doing her her uh, voiceover, it would be like, little did she know. You guys know Morgan Freeman had sex with his, with his step-granddaughter, right? You guys know that, right? This is a thing that happened, apparently, or a thing he has been accused of, but it seems like it was pretty true. Um, that he was married to a woman. It's not a step-daughter, it's a step-granddaughter, okay? That he had an inappropriate relationship with his step-grand... Look it up. <laughs> I might be saying it wrong, but I'm pretty sure this shit is true. Anyway, Morgan Freeman doing the voiceover for, for Renee is like, little did she know, Junior had his own secrets. Um, Yeah, it's like, I feel, I understand where she's at. I understand. And, and also, one thing she mentions is that she desperately wants to fix what's wrong between her and Junior before the jail time comes. I'm like... You got 18 years of history there. You can't fix that shit in two months. You can't do that. You can't. You can get yourself in a place where you guys feel comfortable and can move from there. Yeah, but you can't just be like, let's get all that taken care of right before you go to prison. I don't know. 
Um, I do have empathy for her. She is trying desperately to get that square peg through that round fucking hole, and it ain't gonna work. I, Renee, all my most spectacular failures have been because I was trying to push some shit that wasn't gonna work. Like, and it has got what where what I have learned throughout the years is this: if I am doing my very best and I'm doing everything I possibly could do, and it still don't work, it ain't meant for me. What's for me will be for me. What's for me, I don't, I'm not saying working hard is dumb. I'm not saying that. But what's for me will come to me. I don't have to fight people for it. I don't have to steal it from nobody. I don't do any of that shit. All I have to do is do the work, keep showing up, and it won't happen. I'm a big believer in that. My life has taught me that. And anytime I've been trying to force some shit that just is not for me, I've worked really hard. I've hurt myself working so hard for it. I've pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and cried many, many tears and did every fucking thing I could think of. And it didn't work out. It was not for me. And I just don't think this is for her. It's still Leo season. So, you know, I still have excellent luck, by the way, guys. I did find $100. <laughs> um... A lot of things have been working out well for me. My son, though, my oldest turtle, um, broke his, like, shattered his iPad. It's done. Um, and he was like, I thought you said nothing bad could happen because it was lucky. I was like, oh, no, no, no. I said nothing bad could happen to me. I'm lucky. What's this wee shit? You're like a cancer or something. This isn't even your season. We have to wait till the end of June for you. This is my season. And my season don't care about your stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that because um, when I talk about how lucky Leo season is for me, how things just fall into place, that all I have to do is believe and understand that whatever is set before me will be taken care of. Eventually, I just have to wait my time. This is... This is the feeling I have when things are going really well for me. That I am that I can only do what I can do. And as long as I do that, things will fall into place. And if they don't fall into place, they weren't meant to fall into place. Um, again, it's a perspective thing. I don't don't get me wrong. I know this is a part of my attitude towards it. But even if it's a mental thing, it works. And so when I see Renee struggling really fucking hard in that relationship, fighting in that relationship to keep it. And she's not just fighting Junior to keep it. She's fighting the world. I'm, I'm reminded of times when I was like, I'm going to make this work. I'm definitely going to do this. I'm going to make it work. And I'll just have to, all I have to do is just work hardest of everybody. And I just have to do this. And I have to, and I have to fix that. And I have to keep my eyes open. And then I, and, and so I can see all the problems and then don't sleep too much because you got like, I failed spectacularly because I had to. Because there was, there was no way I was going to win that. Um, when you are going to win something, it feels incredibly easy. Like finding $100 during Leo season. Like getting an uh, old loss payment from a client that you wrote off two fucking years ago. And getting a direct deposit into your account. It, it's There's a flow to it. And I just don't think Renee recognizes that. I think she's gotten real like can't see the floors for the trees like real tunnel vision on this I'm gonna make junior me and junior are gonna get back together and everything's gonna be okay and it's hard to watch her knowing what's gonna happen next I do I, I feel for her um Carla is talking to a friend next thing we get Carla's talking to a friend about the dueling parties and her friend asks if she thinks Rita is feeling away about Karen, about, you know, Carla being friends and hanging out with Karen Ramona. And Carla says she's just going to make her own decisions. They cannot show me anymore how much Carla is not Drita's friend. And I'm not saying this is grade school and we have to be like, we have to make sure that we don't hang out with anybody. Our friend doesn't like us. But Carla is just basically like, you know, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And Drita is at every turn trying to be mature, trying to separate things, trying to be like, no, this is between me and Karen and stuff. And Carla will not give an inch. I know I've said this so many times. Carla is not the friend of Drita that Drita is to Carla. 
And I think they eventually fall out and good, good. Uh, and it's not about the party. It's not like that. It's just that. It's just that. It just seems like Carla won't even give favoritism to Dorita. And you're actually friends. You don't really know Karen and Ramon like that. You don't like him. And you were fighting up with him until just a few minutes ago. And now you're saying, oh, you know, I have to make my own decisions. You know, okay. What? You are not loyal to Dorita. I'm not saying you have to fight Karen. In fact, I don't think you should. I Obviously, I wouldn't let my friend get, like, fucked up in front of me. But if you guys choose the street fight every time you fucking see each other, that's a choice the two of you make. So, yeah, I don't think Carla should jump in that shit. I don't think... I, I This is what I'd, I'd be like, Drita, don't go over there. And if Drita go over there, then she go over there. But I don't know. I just don't feel like she's acting very friend-like right now. And maybe maybe I have a fucked up view of friendship. But I just don't see it. So then we see Karen talking to her actual cousin instead of her play cousin, Ramon. This is her actual cousin we're looking at. And we learn that Karina is back in Arizona and she's in school and they talk a lot about Dave and shit. Remember last time that we talked, Dave was on the phone with her talking about, you ran off to New York and this and this and this. And to be quite honest, Dave, you ain't going to be talking to me all sporty from my couch on parole. You're not going to be doing all that. Don't do it. Take Karina to cheerleading. Take Karina to school. Make sure her uniform is washed and stop fucking playing around with me. Stop. Um, I mean, there's really nothing in that scene. I just, I would once again remind you of how disrespectful Dave is to Karen. But again, Karen, because later we see Karen dates somebody. I guess his name is like Cisco or something. It was something that's not a name. It was, some, his name is something that like, you know, I introduce him to my mom. My mom would be like, that's not his name, right? <laughs> it's not a name. But he's similar. He talks to her the way Dave talks to her. He's also a black guy. He's also, um, although I will say this Cisco or whatever the fuck his name is, Frisco or something ridiculous, is very much a New York guy. He reminds me, like, his mannerisms remind me of my husband. By the way, my husband was so excited to go to New York. He was like, I am going, he's like trying to pack his Tims. I'm like, bitch, it's still August, okay? Put those Tims away. Um, he was... He bought a bunch of new hats because, you know, his personality is centered around a, a Yankees fitted cap. Um, he he also sent me a picture of him eating a uh, Jamaican beef patty on cocoa bread, which is the only fucking thing I miss about living in New York. It's really the only thing. Um, and I was like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> I can't believe you're eating that. Um, and we'd always go get it from... A, a literal hole in the wall on Jamaica Ave. Jamaica Ave is like, it's basically a swap meet, a, a whole fucking street, street and couple corners of swap meet shit. And our, his sister and her boyfriend used to always go down there as teenagers. And we used to go down there to, you know, do shit sometimes. And there is like a pass through window where they sell beef patties. And I mean, sometimes the line could be down the fucking block. And I mean, it's so fast though. They're like, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Throwing the money at you and shit. <laughs> like, like, damn, man. <laughs> just breathe. <laughs> just like, let's just do this transaction calmly. Um, but um, it's where I like to get my beef patties. And they put it on the cocoa bread. They put cheese in it. It's spicy. It's delicious. I love it. And he went down there and he got one. Fuck him. But um, reason. But uh, the the person we see Karen with later gives is definitely a New York guy. And Dave does not feel, give me that. The, the guy that she's with does. Um, I think it's the one that... Rattly. Later on, there's a really fucking hot girl named Natalie who I believe lives in Philly, which is cannot believe they were doing like call times. One of you motherfuckers lives in Philly, but <laughs> but you know that's that's typical for reality shows. A lot of times they can't find people in the metro area. None of the Real Housewives of Atlanta live in Atlanta. They all live in Clayton County or you know some suburb of Atlanta. Um, the Potomac girls. Wendy lives there damn near past Baltimore. 
I think the New York girls do live in proximity, but Manhattan's very small. Okay, so so that's why they live in proximity. And I believe Dorinda was getting free rent on a Manhattan apartment so it could be on the show. So, and she technically lives in the Berkshires. Um, same thing with the Orange County kids, girls, all that. They Like, fucking Erica was in Pasadena. So, like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> but, um, so it's not unusual for that, but I just thought it was, I'm just thinking about them being like, well, Natalie's coming from Philly. <laughs> What the hell of calls? Anyway, Natalie, super hot girl. Everyone hated her. I still, she's so cute. And she said that Karen's boyfriend smelled delicious. This dude that I'm talking about. It started off a whole fucking thing. Anyway, the whole reason I'm bringing that up is that like Karen also has has men problems and choosing men. Her picker's fucked up. And it's not that she's incapable of getting a man. It's because what she's picking them based on is fucked up that was a that was a journey back to the show we get like a throwaway scene with big Ange. she's smoking a cigarello only reason i'm talking about this because i love big Ange. and her son's coming over and she's baked like a billion things filet mignon string beans cornbread salad. she's made a bunch like a fucking thanksgiving meal it's a bunch of shit but the thing that really stressed me out is her son the one who always looks like he just came off a drug binge. Uh, she's offering him red wine and cream soda. What the fuck is that? Am I am, am I just behind the times? I love a cream soda. Don't get me wrong. But red wine and cream soda? That sounds disgusting. And basically she's telling her son that she wants to be taken care of. She's working at the bar. She gets off at 4 a.m. She's fucking tired. Well, how old is Big Ange here? 50? Yeah, I bet she is fucking tired getting off at 4 a.m. And her son <laughs> just like is like, listen, uh, rich guys want to take care of young girls in their 20s, not you. I mean, that's fucked up, but it's true. And, you know, he basically says big, big age too old to catch something like that. <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah. Um, Her son is talking about moving to Boca and opening a pizzeria. And they can be 50% partners. Um, he's like, you invest your money with me and blah, blah, blah. And they want to name it Ignacio. But they both forget what it means. <laughs> and AJ says, I ain't that Italian. And Big Angie says, I know me neither. That's the only, it's just, it was just a light, it was just like a fresh air. Big Angie gives me Porsche vibes. Everybody knows that I am a, a uh, huge Porsche Apologies from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Not that I don't think she does dumb things. She does dumb shit all the time. She does shit she has no business doing. This Simon shit, I'm so excited about it because I just believe it, it's not a story. She really did do this. She really did, did like, if you believe her story, scoop up her, her uh, co-stars, her castmates, husband right after they broke up. If you believe the truth, <laughs> which is they probably been fucking a long time. <laughs> While he was married to that woman. <laughs> what? But, like, Portia brings light to the screen. And she's fun to watch. She's easy to look at. She has fun on screen. Her conversations are funny on screen. A lot of times, you know, even Kenya, who I believe is, like, absolutely necessary to the, to the, to the fucking show. And they've been playing with her money and doing all kinds of shit with Kenya. And she is driving the show. Watching her talk to people is hard sometimes because she is always furthering a storyline or an agenda or something. It's never, she's never just like having fun. And to that extent, like Candy used to have a lot of fun on screen, but she doesn't anymore. Portia's the last person that still has fun. And so I'm a Portia apologist. I'm always willing, like if Portia's going to be on the screen, put her on there because the entire show cannot be people trying to move shit around so that they can be so that they can make a storyline. It can't be that. It's not fun to watch. And Big Ange is like that. Like of what we're watching on this show, there is the Carla versus um Ramona. There's the Karen versus Drita. There's Re- Renee versus everybody. There's Renee and her 
M Jr. There's all this shit going on, but Big Ange is the only person that gets on the screen with a fucking puppy that she lets piss all over the place and red wine and cream soda trying to figure out what Ignatio, what Ignatio means and trying to get a sugar daddy. She's the only one having fun. Even that even that, uh, that scene where they're putting on the wigs and pretending to be each other and shit, that was fun. Now, if Big Ange wasn't there doing that, pretending to be Drita, which she did a pretty good job, <laughs> um, what we would have been watching is Carla and Drita tell, tell each other something that we already know, the audience already knows. You're not giving us new information. You're only passing the information to castmates who then are having conversations. Thank God Big Ange is there is what I'm trying to fucking say. Um, so it's time for Drita's party. Drita is a flight attendant. Ramona and Jr. Renee and Jr. come as prisoners in orange jumpsuits. And Renee has pigtails and she's doing rap arms and jail poses. And she has gold fronts. I can't. It, it's a very racially tinged uh, costume. I Like... Do I think it's as bad as, as the Countess in blackface as Diana Ross? No, I don't think it's as bad as that. But it's it's something that if I had been in the room for, I'd be like, man, what the fuck? And I can't believe Junior even put the costume on. Junior, you about to be an inmate. You've been an inmate, you about to be another one. Why would you put this costume on? It also feels like a last-minute costume, to be honest. So uh, Carla shows up in her share outfit, and Renee tells us Carla can actually see what which I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. At the party, Renee's having a good time. and seems to be in a good mood. Everyone keeps remarking on that, but she hates that her friends are split up and she's been pulled in different directions. She says she wants one Halloween party, one Christmas party. I don't know. I'm, I've never had like a one click of friends. I have lots of friends who know lots of different people. And sometimes I go to one Halloween party. Another time I go to another one. Sometimes I have to go to three in one night. Some... Christmas is with my family, so that doesn't matter anyway. Like, I just don't understand why. I don't know. I feel like Renee, Renee is someone who's been around for a long time. I feel like she's got a bunch of friends too. And I just don't understand why we could only have one. I don't know. Sometimes you have to choose which party you're going to. It's okay. So, At some point, Junior brings up that they have to leave the party. They have to leave to go to Ramona's party. And Drita isn't upset enough about it. And Ramona tries to make her talk about it. And Drita says she isn't happy, but she's not going to throw a fit. That's essentially what, I don't know. Like, Renee wants Drita to be super mad that she's also going to go to Renee's, Ramona's party and that these parties are separate and everything. But Drita is, once again, acting very well. I never, Guys, this is not what I would have said about Drita. Drita does not behave well normally. But she is right now. She's just like, yeah, okay, well, you got to go. I understand. Thanks for coming. I don't know. Like, uh, Renee, why do you want her to be mad? So now they show us Ramona's party. Ramona's a devil. Karen's a naughty nurse who is flirting a lot with some weird guy. They actually don't know who he is or how he got to the party, which tells me the party was filled. Um, it's one of those things where they were like, we're filming a party. Come on. And they just got as many people there as possible because Ramona, you don't know who you invited to your fucking party. You don't know how this person got there. He's who is he here with? It's bullshit. Um, Ramona loves Renee's convict costume. Of course you do, Ramona. You have bad taste. So then this weird-ass guy, the weird-ass guy that Karen's like basically flirting with, she's practically making out with him, says, he's talking to Junior, he's like, you might know my friend. He's a cop. And this makes Junior very stone-faced. He's upset. He doesn't want to be there anymore. And Renee's like, sometimes we got to leave because when Junior wants to leave, we got to leave. Renee loves to paint. Junior has this bomb that's about to go off and you have to take care and you have to be careful around Junior. You have to do this and that. First of all, that's what I think of Renee as. And secondly, even the shit's not cute. I don't like, I don't think of myself when she's describing Junior as like, when Junior says we got to leave, we got to leave because Junior will fight somebody here. I'm not like, oh good, man. 
Renee's got a real man on her hands. He'll fight somebody at a fucking Halloween party. I'm not, I'm thinking, okay, so you can't take Junior anywhere. You really can't take him anywhere? Also, I don't even know if that's why he was upset. Like, I mean, it was edited that way, but I just didn't understand. I felt like the guy was making a dumb joke. Is that, is it, guys, is that a dumb, is that dumb of me? I thought the guy was like, hey, you know my friend, he's a cop. Because Junior was dressed as a convict. Is that... Is that crazy? Did I misunderstand this? I don't know. I just... And then... Junior, I'm sure you do know some cops. (laughs) I'm sure there's some cops listening on your watch right now. I mean, what are you talking about? I don't know. He gets very upset and they have to fucking go. Um, and that's pretty much it. That's the end of the episode. Um, I know this one's a little short. Actually, it's not that short. It's an hour long, guys. So I know I make it a habit of doing like two hour long episodes by myself, but not every episode can be two hours long. You just can't. Um, next week we will, I guess they're going to, as yes, the Poconos and we're going to have our cast trip and Renee is finally going to confront Ramona because she hasn't yet. Remember, Ramona told her sister-in-law, which at first I thought was Junior's sister, but I was like, no, that wouldn't make any sense. I think someone that's married to Renee's brother. I know I know, I only know of her two other sisters, but she might have a brother too. Or it might be a play sister-in-law. You know, they make up fucking relatives all the time. Um, Renee, someone's going to tell Renee, like Renee's finally going to talk to Ramona about the fact that that Ramona told Renee's sister-in-law that Junior's a loser and wouldn't be anywhere without Renee. So she's finally going to confront her on that. And there's going to be a big blow-up. So I'll see you guys next week. Later. Later.